We're going to talk a little bit about estate planning 101 and what happens to your money when you die, because wherever you go, it's not going with you. What happens to your money after you die? This episode of the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast goes right to the heart of this sensitive question, one that lots of us squeamishly avoid. Josh moves us out of denial and into a clearer understanding of what estate planning looks like and how assets are classified among partners and beneficiaries. The topic doesn't have to be ghoulish or sad, and the alternative, burying our heads in the sand, can mean family arguments or an unintended windfall for Uncle Sam, something nobody wants. This info-packed episode will put you on the path to peace of mind and not a moment too soon. Because wherever you go, when you die, says Josh, your money's not going with you. This is the Retirement Equals Freedom Podcast. Your host, Josh Brettel, is the owner of FSR Wealth Strategies. For the last two decades, he's been helping fine folks like you thrive in their retirement. Me, I'm Dave, Josh's longtime friend, co-host, and fan of free food. I'm here to keep the show lighthearted and fun. So now, let me, let you, let me, end this introduction so you can enjoy the show. FSR Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor located in Elmhurst, Illinois. Information and opinions contained in this audio have been arrived at by FSR Wealth Advisors. All information herein is for informational purposes and should not be construed as investment advice. It does not constitute an offer, solicitation, or recommendation to purchase any security. FSR is not providing legal, tax, accounting, or financial planning advice in this audio. These views are as of the date of this publication and are subject to change. Why are you looking at pictures of cake? Because social media is has an amazing algorithm. Um, I've talked about this with my wife. I don't know if I've talked about it with you. But our generation, they say, is the generation that knows the world pre-internet, but is super comfortable also with the internet. We're the Correct. analog digital crossover generation. Correct. And I'm always amazed at the big data, all the data they say they have on us and how valuable our data is. Oh, yeah. But if I scroll Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, now they have these little video snippets and everyone has different videos and they get to know me so well. Just the random videos I see. And they're so weird, like ships, like giant ships being rolled into the ocean for the first time. Like I can sit there and watch that for hours and then or like decorating a donut. Like I don't know why I know. do I watch these so much. So before we started recording, I started looking at internet like, about cakes. I was like, "Oh man, look at that cake! It's beautiful." Well, we would not be drinking Cometeer had it not been in for an Instagram ad. We know we're being we're being sold to, but sometimes it's just so worth it. I'm sorry to be dilly dallying around as we're starting to talk here. Yeah, because we never dilly dally around here. We're right to business. <laughs> Uh, so you had a nice vacation last week. Yeah, I was off most of last week. Um, I took the kids to Michigan. Michigan is my happy place. My wife and I we've been trying like we've been trying to do this since the beginning of COVID. I grew up. My parents had a place in Southwest Michigan. This was our entire summers. We're always up there. Uh, we're up at the Warren Dune State Park. And as our kids have gotten older, they've been dying to go up there more and more as well. And during COVID, we were up there all the time because it was kind of the one thing you could do. And it was mm-hmm. great, fun vacation. And there was this little 
farm up there and it's kind of like an organic farm they have a restaurant they do farm to table dinners at and they mm. on the weekends they have like their own farmers market on the farm property it's really kind of cool wow and a few years ago they started doing farm camps it's called grainer farm g-r-a-n-o-r it's really a cool place and they started doing these farm camps for kids ages five to ten and they're four-day camps, half days, and the kids get to learn to cook on the farm and harvest vegetables and feed the chickens and do stuff like that. All three of your kids are old enough to do it? So we've been trying for two years. And finally, this is the third year we got them in. Nice. And so we went up last weekend and spent a day with my parents. My parents left, and we're in the house. And we had a week up there. We'd, we'd uh, get up, do something in the morning. We'd go to the beach or go pick blueberries or do something we drop the kids off at farm camp. Um, <laughs> Missy and I would go and have a wonderful lunch at one of the variety of restaurants up there. And, and we'd come back with the kids up, do something at night. We just, it was a fun time. It was a great week. Kids loved it. Awesome. So That is so cool. Now, now didn't your kids also recently milk a cow? They did. Also, also that was 4th of July. We, <laughs> oh, went, we went to a dairy farm and uh, they learned about – I don't know if I'd recommend that one as much. So I won't mention that name. But yeah. let's just say they said it was kid-oriented and the farmer, who was super knowledgeable, and the farm looked gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But my 8-year-old didn't need a 15-minute dissertation <laughs> on artificial insemination. No, I suppose so not. It was, there was no demo It was a that. little bit of a, a goofy. But they had a cow there for the kids to milk, and that was kind of cute. So. so when should we expect you to wear overalls to the office? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was funny. They, like every good kids camp, they have teenagers who are helping run it and stuff like that. And as they come out to, the, to meet the kids and – I said to my wife, I said, you know, this is a place where the overalls actually look appropriate. Like our <laughs> yeah. daughter has overalls, but she wears them because she thinks they're cute, not yep. because they're right. actually she's, appropriate. She's one of them down yeah. there or up there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maggie and her overalls. That's good stuff, man. So, you deserve the break. It was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I think we, we were all surprised at how much fun it was up there. That's cool. Do you know the story of when my dad, when we were younger, my dad was working in Crate and Barrel and we got home, my mom and my sisters and I got home from a night out and there was a message on our answering machine from my dad. Do you remember the story? There, I have a small recollection, but I'm not well enough to. Okay. It goes something like this. He goes, guys, <laughs> this is your father. <laughs> it's, no, it's coming back to yeah. me. Okay. The van has been stolen. <laughs> Uh, I've walked up and down the parking garage, and I'm sad to say the family minivan has been stolen. (laughs) (laughs) The police are on their way, but I just want to let you know. I'm not sure how I'll get home, but just want to let you know. And he hung up. (laughs) We're sitting around like, wow, well, what do we do with this information? And then, no joke, it's like right out of a sick This is before a cell phone, so like you couldn't call them back. Correct. And like, this was a message on your answer. Speaking of the analog days, we grew up in that world. Yeah. Right. And like right out of a sitcom, five minutes later, he pulls up into the driveway and he walks in. We're like, uh, he goes, I was on the wrong level in the parking garage. And he didn't, <laughs> apparently didn't look hard enough. Well, so we got a message from my mom. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Before you go there, we're, we need to have your dad on the podcast. Agreed. But I, your sister, Julie, is so – she might be funnier than you. Mm-hmm. And when the two of you would make fun of him for this, you could see him just get like bright red. It was so funny. Remember when the car couldn't go forward? Yeah. He had to drive it yeah. backwards on York Road. That's the story he tells. I don't know. Well, so anyway, we got a message from my mom this weekend that she did like a, an overnight uh, stamp camp thing, right, for making her homemade cards and her stamping. Yeah. And she goes, my car was stolen. 
And we're like, oh, she's pulling a dad. But no, her car was actually stolen from the hotel parking lot this weekend. Really? Yeah, legit. She had the sheriff out. They were all looking around the parking lot, just gone. So, you know, she went through a whole, whole rigmarole with the sheriff and her insurance. And we got a text message this morning now from her saying, found my car. Sheriff called it 815, catalytic converter stolen, but drivable. So they stole her little 2015 Hyundai, whipped out the converter, and just left it there. Man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people who listen to this are from Chicago, and we've had a rash of mm-hmm. carjackings in the city recently. Your mm-hmm. mom's in Colorado. Yeah. This Right. And this is this happened in Denver proper, but like outskirts of Denver, like suburban Denver, pretty much like our Oak Park, upscale neighborhood. But it happens everywhere. Is so, she okay? Yeah. I mean, she's freaked out, right? Yeah. But she didn't lose anything valuable in there, and it's just uh, one of them things. But it, I think it was funny that we all thought she was pulling a prink on us. <laughs> so. She was the, the chick the who was the boy who cried wolf? Yeah, the bright ass. <laughs> she yeah. was the the mom that cried, stole a car. <laughs> All in your dad's fault, too. All my dad's fault. All right, Josh, I'm excited today. What are we talking about, buddy? Today, I want to talk about something that nobody wants to talk about. I feel like I say that too often on this podcast. I want to talk about what happens to your money when you die. Ooh estate planning and we're just going to hit the high the higher points today but it's an important topic that if not planned for can add a lot of headache to the people that you say you love wow this is one of those things where being an advisor you you are with people during their highs and during their lows and can imagine you got to plan for this stuff it is. And for some people, this is the most important thing that they, they think about. And for some people, it's an afterthought. But either way, there's some things that need to be done one way or the other. So we're going we're to talk a little bit about estate planning 101 and what happens to your money when you die. Because wherever you go, it's not going with you. Not going with you. All right. Let's pause here and do our segment. Yeah. What? What? Okay. Hey, Mr. Josh, let's take a break. You've been talking for so long and my ears are sore. But let's not be a bore, because this show ain't no chore. So let's pull some cards, ask questions, do some back and forth. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ask Josh, now ask Dave. Let's get to know Josh and Dave. What? All right. That's grown on me as time's gone on. You know that? Yeah, I know. Well, it's a work of art. It's a masterpiece. The first time you played it for me, didn't Carla say that I would never let you actually put it on the podcast? Uh-huh. She sure did. And look at now. It's like episode three. <laughs> All right, Josh. So today in our segment of Get to Know Josh and Dave, the question is, if you had to pick a new name for yourself, what would you pick? If you had to pick a new name for yourself, what would you pick? If I had to pick a new name for myself. And I'm going to give you a, a small story here. I love stories. I know. I ramble on. So this weekend up in Michigan at Farm Camp Week, we're sitting at the table for dinner. And my daughter, who's a funny little girl, says to us, all right, for the rest of dinner, everyone has to talk with an accent. <laughs> And so they try and do fake British accents, and I'm not an accent person, but Missy is the worst accent person. Worse than Zach? Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach's not bad. Zach's pretty funny with it. So everyone had to talk with an accent. So then the conversation came, what accent would you want to have? And no one could come up with one. We all think Chicago must be the best accent Mm. possible. But what name do I want? Yeah. I've never really thought about that. I think I'd want something like Royal and Regal. Oh. Like... 
I don't know, like an Andrew or yeah. a, I mean, you sure. I mean, you're a David Michael. That's pretty strong. You think so? Yeah, I think that's strong. Landon says my name is boring, like on a daily basis. Well, his name's Landon. Landon's really cool. Every Landon you know is like some hot Instagram model. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, he we named him after like our favorite MTV The Challenge contestant. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got yeah, he's got some. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not a big name person. Okay. Um, again, my daughter, Maggie, yells at us. Her middle name is Anne. Right. And Missy's middle name is Anne. Right. My mother's middle name is Anne. There's mm. a lot of Anne's in our family. But we thought we'd be different and put an E at the end of oh, it. Oh, no. A-N-N-E. Well, she's mad at us because there's an E at the end of her Anne. So. Sure. <laughs> she's going to revolt. <laughs> she is. So I don't really know. I, I'm, I think it, I'd want something powerful and yeah. regal and something. I, I'm more formal. I'm more traditional. But Got uh, it. That's cool. Yeah. Long, boring answer for you. That's what it is. I have How one. about you? What, yeah. Do you have thought about this? Uh, maybe a little bit. I think uh, Vulcan Schmidt Todd Lopez would be my name. Vulcan Schmidt Todd Lopez. Mm-hmm. Why did So the most interesting thing to me there is that your last name became your second mm-hmm. name. How did yeah. that happen? So I was asked a while ago by my friend Jackie what my vampire name would be. And I'm like, easy, Vulcan Schmidt. Except I said Vulcan Schmidt in like a Transylvanian accent. So I would keep that and just – there is our, one of our favorite TikTokers is this woman who owns a farm and she has an E – is it a, an ostrich or an emu? I think it's an emu who always video bombs her. He'll come up to the camera and his name is Emmanuel Todd Lopez. And Landon Carr and I just love watching his videos and just crack up. She'll be introducing like a new animal on the farm and he'll just come out of nowhere, like look at the camera and start pecking it. And she's like, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Todd Lopez. So I just – I like that, that three name there. Vulcan Schmidt Todd Lopez. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Ah, thank you, David. I yeah. appreciate it. That is a, a segment that you made us do, and I really enjoy having it in here. So Yeah, I, I hope everyone else enjoys it too. They might enjoy it more than talking what happens when you when you die oh, to your money, man. Vulcan. So it's actually one of the number one questions we get from clients is for people to come in. And I'm not talking about taxes. There is no, uh, there is none of that. tax nerd. Yep, Alex is going to be upset. This is simply a ease of money transferring. So when people get really worried that they're going to run out of money and the amount of money that's going to be left to the next generation right now is huge. And having that worry of running out of money is real. Not trying to minimize that. But a lot of people are going to die with some some substantial sums, especially right now where people have retired with great market conditions and they have more money than they've, they've probably ever thought. And the number of times we hear, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I accumulated this pile mm. of money. And you're probably not going to spend it. So it's got to go somewhere. And it's a good problem to have. Like It's not something we should complain about. So people always say, do I need a trust? Should a will work? How does this all apply? And I will preface this, but this is an attorney. Like I am not an attorney, but we deal with it enough that this is something that we know the basics here. But for anything complex, people should be seeing, seeking legal help here. Now, when we talk about estate planning, you have to understand the different types of assets because there's different estate planning for different types of assets. The first one we would call ownership assets. Mm-hmm. So ownership assets are where you have a co-owner. So like you and Carla have a joint bank account. You own the house jointly if something happens to you, Carla, there's no probate. There's no, nothing happens. It just becomes her asset. 
Oh, you don't okay. need to put that into any type of writing or will or anything nope. like that. Okay. The ownership, the the ownership of the asset states it. Now, there's different ways to own things jointly, and that's a whole other conversation. But as long as you own something jointly, there's no tra- there's no nothing, no transfer necessary. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of things you can own jointly. You can own real estate. You can own bank accounts. You can own all sorts of things. The one thing we usually warn people against, do not own things jointly with your children because of liability issues. So wow. a lot of people will say, well, my kids are on my bank account so they could help me. Yeah. There's other ways to achieve that with powers of attorney and yeah, trust. trusts. Yeah. If you put your kid on your bank account, so let's use your mom, for example. Mm-hmm. All right. David. David, my car was stolen. <laughs> so cruel. <laughs> Sorry, Bex. <laughs> But let's say she puts you on her bank account. Now she went. She was her car was stolen at a at a card making convention. Mm. So she's not going to the craziest places. Your mom is pretty conservative. Yes. The odds of her getting in trouble financially are probably slim. But let's say you did something. Let's say you crashed a vehicle. You heck, you you hurt something and you got sued. If you were on your mom's account they could actually take her money for something that you did wrong. So it's a little added protection to generally not be on your on your parents or your parents have your kids on. There's other ways to do that. We've talked about my time at the bank before, and this is a scenario that come up all the time. It would be – sometimes it would be during a divorce. It's like the first one to the bank. We get all the money. But we'd also see – I believe the IRS and other agencies would actually take money from an account, even if it was a joint account because the kid's yep. name or the parent's name was on it. And they'd be like – What's going on? I'd be like, I don't know, but it's bad. Yeah, the less the less you can involve other people, the better off it is. Mm-hmm. Except for your spouse. I mean, your spouse, I mean, there's reasons to have joint ownership there as well. Sure. So ownership is the first one. And the second one, and by the way, ownership supersedes everything else. Oh, wow. Okay, so okay. it supersedes whatever whatever else is out there. Okay. The second one is beneficiary. So there's certain assets like life insurance, like retirement accounts, so 401ks and IRAs, that when you open that account up, you list who your beneficiary is. Yeah. So right. there's certain states like Illinois. Illinois requires your spouse to be the beneficiary unless you sign off on it. Um, and that's the spouse signs off on the it. Spouse or, signs oh, off. Oh, okay. It, yeah. So there's certain things like that, but you could name whoever you want as a beneficiary, and it doesn't matter what your will says, what your trust says. You know, if you have Vulcan Schmidt Todd Lopez mm-hmm. written as your beneficiary, you know, your account's not going to your kids. It's going to Vulcan Schmidt Todd Lopez. He's worked his butt off. He deserves it. He probably yeah. does. Beneficiaries will supersede anything other than ownership. Okay. And then it kind of goes to everything else. Oh, wow. It's a big bucket. Huh? It's, a, it's a big bucket. It could be your house. It could be your stock accounts. It could be your bank accounts. It could be your cars, your jewelry, Whatever doesn't have a beneficiary and isn't owned jointly now falls into this bucket. So if there was a situation where my wife and I, we own a house, but only my name is on a mortgage, this this would fall into that category? Correct. Because she's not technically an owner of it, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Anything along those lines. Or for a lot of our clients, one spouse will pass and Mm -hmm. one spouse will live for a long time. And then now we no longer have joint ownership, but something happens, this house has to go somewhere. Right, right. Okay. And bank accounts are true and things like that. Now, for that, that's where wills come into play. So a will, all a will is, is a legal document that tells the court system, this is what I want to have happen after I'm gone. You state it all out there. And who okay. signed – does a lawyer to sign off that or just a notary? No. To be a legal will – again, I'm, some attorney may yell at me on this one. But yeah. to be a legal will, you just have to sign it yourself. Okay. I see. Now, 
to be a well-done legal will, you want an attorney to draft it for you because there, every state has its own laws. Every county has its own nuances, but you want that law that comes into play. Okay. So the will is going to govern that. Would you recommend people look at like a legal zoom or do you just say fork over the money and see an attorney? You know, one of our last podcast was, is it worth it to pay an advisor? Yeah. And finding an attorney is kind of a, I always tell people a lot of, for my clients, the money you pay an attorney is well worth it because of the fact that you have so little control of what happens post death because you're gone. Yeah. That person is kind of making those decisions for you. So hiring an advisor, they're going to help you during your lifetime. And if you don't like what they're doing, you can fire them. Hiring an attorney, a lot of times, if you don't like what they're doing, you're never going to know because you're dead. (laughs) So you have to find someone who you trust. And LegalZoom doesn't get to know you in that same way. Unless your situation is super, 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 super simple, yeah, LegalZoom could do it. But for most people with any level of complexity, it's not a huge expense. I think what we did before we went on vacation, we did we jumped on LegalZoom, did a quick little like yeah. will just in case whatever something happened. It's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean having nothing is bad, yeah, uh, and right. the amount of people who are listening to this that probably have nothing is is, is going to shock you. No, that's um, a shame. I mean, I know people who have farms, and a farm is a huge asset. Oh yeah, who have no wills and trust in place. My goodness. No, so it's a big deal. Yikes. Having that attorney is important. Mm -hmm. Now, let's get to the biggest question I get asked. Okay. Do I need a trust? Mm. People come in and say, do I need a trust? And this, there are some attorneys out there, I think, that are kind of bad apples where they're they're doing seminars and they're just trying to sell trust work. They say, everyone needs a trust. Everyone has to have a trust. Okay. And I always say it kind of depends. It depends on what your asset structure looks like. If all of your money is inside of retirement accounts and you have one kid or you know who you're leaving it to, you really don't need the complexity of the trust, the money to administer the trust. Um, because the beneficiary is already listed out. Already beneficiary there's, listed no, out. It, there's no gray area. Yeah. Now, there's other reasons to have a trust. There may be some tax savings. There may be some more control. The SECURE Act that went through a few years ago, if you have some substantial assets, by substantial anything over a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. The trust could be beneficial there for a variety of reasons. I always tell people trust are going to do a few things. One is they're going to give you control from the grave. So if you want your kids to inherit the money and you want them to not have access to it all at once, or if you want them to use it for certain things, or you want it to protect it from liabilities, you know, yeah. maybe your kids are in a high risk profession, maybe your kids have IRS troubles. Maybe you don't like your kid's spouse or you're worried about what happens there or you (laughs) want it all to go to the grandkids. A trust allows you to have those handcuffs from the grave. Hmm. But I will tell you, the more handcuffs you implement, the more expensive it is to administer the trust. So now a trust, what happens when you put money into a trust, the trust, the asset is no longer one of those everything else assets. It's now an ownership asset because a trust is – think of a trust like a box and you can put whatever you want in this box – And once you put it in there, the trust now owns that asset. The asset might be your house. You could put that in the trust. Mm -hmm. It might be some stocks you have. You could put that into the trust. Could be be pudding cakes? It could be. If you are really concerned about pudding cakes, you're taking the box reference very literally. Yes. But yes, (laughs) maybe you have a right to buy a thousand pudding cakes at a really cheap (laughs) price. You could put that right in there. It's probably more likely. But what happens is as opposed to controlling that asset, you still control the trust while you're alive. 
I see. You can but change it at any time. You can time. change it anytime you want, okay. but the trust can't die, so that ownership is there. So can a trust have multiple owners? So like can a husband and wife both like have a trust? We're getting into some deep Okay. terminology Maybe here not quite for this yeah podcast. ownership is the wrong term there's there, there's okay. there's grantors and there's the grantors who creates the trust there's executors not executors there's beneficiaries that's what the trust is set up for there's trustees those are the ones who make the decisions on the trust and you can there's reasons to have more and less but okay. for that if you're going to have a trust done without a doubt you should see an attorney yeah i mean there's no yes legal zoom can do it all those online places can do it see an attorney sure there's lots of nuances. And I will say this. If you haven't updated your trust since the SECURE Act went through, the no, SECURE Act was a big thing that occurred back in 2019, 2020, make sure you revisit that. Now is the time the to do Secure it. The SECURE Act. Okay. Isn't that fun? Isn't estate planning fun? Oh, my gosh. It's, I mean, I know it's important, but it's so doom and gloom. It is. And it's like cloudy outside and overcast and like, I'm just sad. Every now and then, and I've said this before on the podcast about, about taxes, where people will say, what's well, my kid's problem? I'll let them deal with it. And sometimes it's – I mean, that's sometimes every time I hear that, that's fear talking. It's because they don't know how to do it. Yeah. If you need a good reference for an attorney, we, you know, there's lots of them out there. Sure. Um, you do want to make sure you find one who specializes in estate planning, but mm-hmm. it's – not that hard. It's something that, that's very doable. But the hard part is they do ask you those questions. They ask you those questions of what happens when you die? What happens if this? And one of your favorite, one of my favorite lines from episode 16, this is the episode about is paying fees for an advisor worth it? You say something like, if you're truly scared about paying, paying fees, you could be potentially missing out on quite a lot. I know paying a lawyer is one of those things where everyone's like, oh man, it's a lot. But I mean, like you're saying, it's just so worth it. There are so many times that that is worth every penny you pay. Yeah. And the problem with this is you quite often don't get to see that benefit yourself. Mm-hmm. Quite often you're, it's your heirs, your loved ones who are reaping the rewards. Sure. So, right. But if they don't, somebody will. And someone most likely it's going to be Uncle Sam. It may be family members who you don't like or care for. But the only way to make sure what you want to have happens actually happens is to take this planning proactively. Okay. That's a, kind of an uplifting, positive way to – and that message. Do, 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 do. What are you trying to sing? I don't know. Is this the full house moment? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Not quite yet. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was something that I've had that question multiple times recently about estate planning for people that come in the office. And I thought, okay. hey, let's, let's address this overall. And people have questions. Like, it is an individual topic. It sure. is not a, a general, this is the rule for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. There was something I was trying to think about. It goes something like, I think something like, Dave relates yeah. to retirees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get off my chest. Yeah. Josh, I can relate to retirees on this. Good God. Estate planning. All right. So Carla and I have had some discussions about this, but more importantly, I've had deep conversations with Landon. You and Al talk about taxes at bed. Landon and I talk about estate planning. Specifically, if and when I pass, he has the right to to receive up to four free meals from a brittle, any brittle for the rest of his life. <laughs> Could it be Zach, Al, Maggie, combination of the three? So we have seen several lawyers and we have that in writing. Now, you don't know about it yet, but I said, Landon, when I'm gone, buddy, don't, don't pay for that sushi. Give Zach a call. It's his responsibility. So with that, Josh, what do you think? <laughs> it's part of my estate planning, man. I I'm not going to make my son pay for his food. It's your, that's the brittle legacy. Uh, <laughs> where am I going to take this? Now, you said something there that I'm going to I'm going to go on and, okay. and and we'll assume that 
there's some sort of signed document, and it was the right to receive. Mm-hmm. When you have the right to receive, that's technically an asset. Okay. And Landon's really cute. Yeah. So I would assume that someone from my family would say, oh, something happened to your dad. Let's mm-hmm. let's buy you some sushi. <laughs> or maybe Maggie and Landon are an item in the future. You, you never, never know. know. When you have that asset, it's wanting to take advantage of it. You never want to have that happen. You never want to have something happen to you. God forbid, when you want to see Landon grow up and you'd rather I buy you sushi than him. Um, but you do want to, if something were to happen, you want to put your family in the best situation possible. And I think your recommendation of Zach is a good recommendation. Yeah. He'd be a lot of fun to have <laughs> sure. sushi with. So I bet he would be. Yeah. And probably the most likely to buy. <laughs> so that would, that's a good, good chance there. Yeah. Because Al would walk into the, you know, sushi nest here in Elmhurst and be like, I have $60 to spend. No, I don't because of taxes. And he'd go table to table ask me, how much tax did you pay? How how much tax did you pay? <laughs> Hashtag tax nerd. Uh, so, uh, no, Landon, let's hope nothing happens to your dad, but being proactive is, is really good in your dad's, in your dad's <laughs> point of view. <laughs> and on his tombstone, when it says Vulcan Schmidt, yeah. Todd Lopez, mm-hmm. uh, Landon, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> we just did a mini staycation and we went, we were staying like on the Magnificent Mile, right? We hit up Water Tower Place and we got him a Build-A-Bear and we had to name it. And our show at the moment is Holy Moly. I don't know if you ever see it. It's Joe Tressator and um, Rob Riggle. It's hilarious, like ultimate mini golf challenge. And I convinced him to name the bear Blake Sledge, Rob Riggle, Todd Lopez. Uh, because it's like the name <laughs> of all of our favorite things right now. Poor Build-A-Bear people <laughs> to put that on the, get on the name. No, they made Landon write it. He just wrote Blake. So it's just Blake. For short, but yeah, I do kind of impose my uh, my will on my kids. That was cute. Yeah. Josh, can we ask our listeners for a favor? What favor would you like them to, to do, Dave? We are starting to see more and more, more and more people sign up for our podcast email club. And that is a surefire way for you, dear listener, to know when we release new episodes. I send these out every Friday. We air our episodes on Thursday, but we, I send these out on Friday just in case you're not subscribed to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This is a way for you to, to know about it. So please go to fsrwealth.com slash podcast, enter your name and email. It's at the very bottom of the page. And you, friend, will be the first to know new episodes. And the other thing on that page, and as we build it out more, you're going to be able to see all the show notes and all the stuff will be there. So it's yes. a great spot to go to reference back if you want to know more about what we're talking about or links or references. We have all that on that FSR Wealth slash podcast page. We got all that and then some. Thanks, Josh. Stay planning. I think we ended on a happy note. I'm not super depressed. I came in happy. I went depressing and I hopefully we're able to all leave it home. Excellent. And uh, I think we want to give another shout out to Deb. And with that, Bye. special. Debbie. Debbie. Bye. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I added a little extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag tax nerd.